Happy holidays and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. Travis, today is a holiday. A very special day, as we've proven before, yes. Yes, <laughs> we've proved it in the lab and we're going to prove it to you right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. here live in studio. What is today, Travis? <laughs> None else than Toonsmas, Will. Toonsmas. Merry Toonsmas to you, by the way. Merry Toonsmas to you as well. Yeah. And you and yours. Yes. Toonsmas is the major holiday of the spiritual religion known as Toonsmasism. Travis and I, I believe... Converted. We converted a few years ago. Yes. And I haven't looked I, back. I, I've been happy since. I feel like I am at peace. Uh, yeah. Now, we grew up celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Not Toons. <laughs> Sharp Miss. Christmas. Miss, not yeah. Toons Miss. Uh, so we do have experience with that. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some of that mixed into today's episode. Okay. Because the episode of the show that we watched, they're not celebrating Toons Miss. No. And I do feel a little put out, uh-huh. a little left out. You know, I, Travis, you're the only person I know right now that celebrates Toons Miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've been trying to get other people, but it's. I try to get the, the, the good word out there. You know, have you heard the good news about <laughs> Toons Miss? You did wish somebody in the real world a Mary Toonsmiss a oh, few yeah. years ago. Oh yeah, at at, at the grocery store, where I tur- turned she turned the corner and I went, "Oh, Mary Toonsmiss to you." I was, I was like, "Nah, nope, nope, nope." Merry Merry Christmas. Well, hopefully she was very tolerant of mm-hmm. of this alternative uh, religion that yeah. we're involved with. But we're not talking about a Toonsmiss special. We are talking about a cartoon today. Yep, and it is a Christmas special. Yeah, it is. That brings together two titans of industry, <laughs> two of the the biggest names in tunes. Yeah, they are. It's Coke and Pepsi. It's really. Coke and Pepsi teaming up. It's Britney. It's Christina. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Michael in, Jackson. It's Cosby. It's oh god. <laughs> it's in sync. It's ninety eight degree. No, what was the other big one? Uh, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Back, Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys. Yeah. All right. <laughs> It is. That's what it is. It's the two biggest in the world. It's like Superman and Batman. Oh, okay. That's the easiest yeah, now I get it. I okay. get it now. Uh, so come with us right now, if you would. Grab our hands. And travel back in time, 1985, Christmas Day. Travis, you were just over a year old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And I was just under a year old. Mm-hmm. So whether you were alive at that time or not, because I don't remember what it was like. It, it was all. all a bunch of me- I was scared all the time. I was a baby. Brain. Still had mush brain. Put your mind into the body of, I don't know, an eight-year-old, nine-year-old? Yeah. Christmas morning, 1985. Ronald Reagan is finishing the first year of his second term as president of the United States. Reaganomics. While Lionel Richie tops the music charts with the hit single, Say You, Say You, Say Me, Say Me. Say it for always. 1985, you you would have a Transformers maybe under your tree. Oh, maybe perhaps the most sought-after toy of all time, the Cabbage Patch mm. doll. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't want one. No. Like, talk to me in 1985. Maybe I would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. And also our favorite, fan favorite, Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin, who who made his debut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came, <laughs> splashed onto the uh-huh. scene. Mr. The Ca- Mr. Cassette player himself, he Teddy was. Ruxpin. He had a cartoon that we're going to have to check out at yes, some point. Yes, we will. Teddy Ruxpin, the tape cassette playing teddy bear. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I read your stories and blinked his eyes. I had one. I don't know if I got it Christmas 1985. No. Probably just got some formula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a new diaper. That's all I deserved at that 100% point. 100 baby. So... With your mind in that place, 1985, 
Teddy Ruxpin talk, just chattering away in the background. Yeah. You're listening to Lionel Richie. Uh-huh. Mom's making breakfast. I don't know. Whoever raised you. You get a big old bowl of G.I. Joe Action Stars cereal. And you plop down in front of the TV set. Tune into your local affiliate station to watch He-Man and She-Ra colon a Christmas special. I love how they worked in Jingle Bells. Mm -hmm. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, which when they sing it in the episode, (laughs) there's a point where there's some characters singing Jingle Bells. Yeah. They managed to sing Jingle Bells the words a third time as though the song went. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. <laughs> maybe, maybe on the uncut version, you know, the, the, the original, direct, yeah, yeah, the, the original design, yeah, 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 the director's cut of jingles, uh-huh. jingles bells. <laughs> Hira, Hira, and She Man, the <laughs> Hira and He Man, uh, the the twins. Yeah, let's just call them the twins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, uh, yeah, for sure. They are, hey, Mary Tunes, by the way, Mary Tunes Miss, Mary Twins Miss. Yeah. Between these two, you've got Prince Adam, you've got Princess Adora, He-Man, and She-Ra, uh, respectively. Yeah. This is, of course, a filmation product. Yes. A chunk of content that they gifted to us uh-huh. in 1985, bringing together the two powerhouses of their, <laughs> I'm sure, the the two properties that made them the most money right. ever. And no one, dare I say, no one at Filmation got Christmas bonuses that year because there is a bunch of new animation on here buddy i i would also say i don't know how often they did bonuses at filmation <laughs> not out of malice yeah. but we have we have talked we've covered filmation at length uh about two years ago in february if you want to hear more about it they were led by a man named lou Scheimer, who is kind of like one of the three wise men maybe of uh-huh. toonsmithism if there's yeah. a correlation there dr shallow pockets yeah he he kept a tight ship yeah we'll just say that now, He-Man and She-Ra, they had met up in a few episodes, uh, certainly in She-Ra's original miniseries that yeah. they turned into a movie, which we tried to watch and then realized was five episodes and <laughs> we would not spend that time on it. So we watched another He-Man, She-Ra episode instead. Yep. Horde Prime goes on a holiday oh, or takes yeah. a holiday, Yeah, which <laughs> was fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I will be referring back to some of my theories from that episode. Oh. He-Man and She-Ra were about to be on their way out pretty soon after this. It's 1985. I think they were pretty much out as far as like making new episodes and new toys by 87. Mm-hmm. The toys just stopped selling so much. But they were at such a height of popularity. You could pick up the phone and dial 1-900-something for an adventure of She-Ra or He-Man or both and probably to hear a pre-recorded message from them. I am He-Man. Call She-Ra and me at 1-900-909-2233. We'll journey to distant worlds, explore the universe. And probably battle Skeletor along the way, huh? Probably, Orko. There's a new adventure every day. We'll also tell you how to get an action figure or this colorful poster. Part of your $2.35 two-minute call will go to local science museums. Get your parents' permission and call 1-900-909-2233. I have the Who did that? No, that's not He-Man saying that. Mm. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) All those $2.45 charges. Man, I would have racked that up, I'm sure. Most deaf. I cannot. I do not recall what it was. It might have been a romantic line. (laughs) Romantic line. (laughs) <laughs> That's what they are, right? Where the ladies are being romantic. The sex, the sex chat. I call, well, here's okay. I do remember after like on a Friday night after going to the skating rink, mm-hmm. which when I was in sixth grade, that's where the ladies were. Right. Yeah. And they weren't, they didn't have any 900 numbers, uh-huh. which they shouldn't. Right. 
anyone who's at a, at a roller skating rink should not. But I remember friends and I seeing on late night TV, the it wasn't a 900 number, but it probably it would turn into one. Mm-hmm. But it's like a dating chat line or whatever. So what we would do is set Call up. me. I'm just sitting here doing nothing. Exactly. I'm just twiddling my thumbs uh-huh. and kicking my I'm high just, heels around. I'm just sewing while I'm naked. <laughs> well, that's what we were hoping to reach. Mm-hmm. Somehow we were able to create like a minor profile, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'm sure we were trying to talk like this. Hey, I'm a big man that's not ten years old, <laughs> but you still sound like like, like a child. child. Yeah. yeah, more like a child than ever uh-huh. when you do that, and would just like go listen to the profile messages of these ladies. Yeah, <laughs> just to hear what's going on. Try to leave the messages not allowed. So it's the closest <laughs> I ever got to I guess a 900 number, but uh, this is a weird thing. But it happened. Like, you could call Corey Feldman. There was a hotline for the two Corys wow. back then. So, but that, I mean, before there was internet, there was... Pre-recorded messages, pre- baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would rather hear from Skeletor. I'd rather call Skeletor oh, yeah. than either of those two. His price is going to be higher, though. You know this, right? Of course. He He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. And this will come back. This will come back in the episode. <laughs> now, I checked... Toonsmith's scripture yeah. to find out any information On I the could. tablets. Yeah, the tablets. Yeah, I, I, they're all etched deeply. And deeply. I looked With into them. Pen, yeah. Could not find anything special about this, the making of this show. There's a book that we referenced a lot a few years ago, Lou Scheimer, colon, creating the filmation generation, uh. which is, you know, about as good as it gets. That's yeah. the gospel according to Lou. Mm-hmm. But no, could not find anything. Any juicy gossip <laughs> about, you know, fights in the writer's room about what the morals should be or yeah. anything like that. So we can only speculate wildly based on what we know of previous filmation productions, uh-huh. which is that it is done on a shoestring budget. Say that money. And I'm from what how this episode is done. I would say it's done as fast as possible, too. Yeah. There's a lot of reused anim- there is new animation like you said because they introduced some new characters yeah. for no reason except for there is a one toy right. connected to them. There's 60 plus characters in it's, this fucking it's thing. It's the who's who or what you said earlier. The the <laughs> why not <laughs> the why not list of yeah. characters that just most of them don't talk but they're all from the Shira and He-Man stable. So my idea of this thing coming out cuz I I imagine that they came up with this idea probably December 1st. 1985. And then they tried to get it out by December 25th. Crunch time. With that characterization, it put me in mind of one of my favorite albums and the way that it was made. There was a hardcore punk band called Husker Do in the 1980s. Or Husker Don't. Husker what? Husker when? (laughs) Very influential band. And they made an album called Zen Arcade, which is one of my very favorite albums. It's a double album, a double punk album with like 28 songs or something on it. Almost every song, I think, except for two are first takes. They recorded it, I think, in about 30 hours and then mixed all 28 songs in about 40 hours. It cost them $3,200 to make this double album, which everything was made. I mean, they were on an independent label and everything. But now you say first takes like these are already pre-written songs or they went over jam sessions. Oh, no, no, they didn't jam. These are these are. Yeah, these are. But like to go into the studio and say whatever we do. This is intentional. They say we're going to go in and play. And we're going to try to make the first one the first one, like, and just leave it. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy talk. It is crazy talk. And it's a great album. And they, you can kind of hear the scenes on it sometimes. You know, it's a little frayed, the voices and everything like that. And it doesn't sound wonderful. But that's how I imagine this, this episode <laughs> was made. If this is the Zen Arcade <laughs> of the filmation oeuvre. Yeah. That would make Lou Scheimer punk rock as shit. 
No doubt. He is all about DIY, literally <laughs> doing it himself. He voiced nine characters in this. Actually, you know what? I had to, I had to I'd amend that because uh-huh. I wrote down nine and I didn't realize that he played the dad at the end. Oh. So he voices 10 characters in this. Yeah. We're going to hear from all of them except for Orko, who is a major character. Yep. He's like the main character just about in this episode. Orko, the little floating troll man who casts magic. And destroys everything. Unsuccessfully. Yeah. Yes. Every time. <laughs> Here's a little tour of what Lou Scheimer, head producer, like and, the president. And janitor. And janitor. <laughs> he will. Th- he He's the IT guy. He's probably, he's making dinner for everybody. Painting lines in the parking lot. Absolutely. This, this man did everything. Christmas? What's that? An Earth holiday? Uh, that's a meteor. A meteor? You better have your eyes checked, you lame brain. Yeah, hey, watch it, motor mouth. He-Man ruined our controls. The automatic pilot is taking us back to Snake Mountain. What's that? What are they? We must go to Monstroid Central and prepare to battle. A new spirit of goodness has arrived on Eternia. The power of Hobbit Prime may be threatened. I don't know where you got those things, whatever they are, but it is bedtime. That's enough for me. <laughs> I, I imagine he had, he had a headset on just in the bathroom, just making his voices up, just getting with it. I love it. I can see him being his own engineer, uh-huh. and he's he's just... He says, put some coffee on. Let's do this thing. I, we're going to roll tape, and I'm going to do all my <laughs> script right here, right, right. now, every part. I, and some of them, I feel like we should almost count twice because like two of them are double-headed characters. Uh. If there's a character <laughs> with two heads on this show, he will play them. He did them. He will play them. Or a character like Triclops with uh. multiple eyes. If you have more body parts than you're supposed to, Lou, Lou. specializes. Lou's the crew. So the plot of this Christmas special, this, this is a 45-minute show. It does not need to be 45 minutes. Not at all. We could have kept it at 30. They do manage to fit in like 60 characters, uh, whether they speak or don't. And I just imagine kids must have been found in puddles in front of their television sets. Like you had to suck them up with a vacuum (laughs) after this. (laughs) The whole box of cereal was finished before the episode was done. Oh, yeah. You probably had a sugar overload. Lots of kids were checked into rehab afterwards. (laughs) But it is the plot is essentially a 45 minute custody battle. Over two Earth children, mm-hmm. Miguel and Alicia. This is uh, the rare crossover with Real World. Yeah. Not, well, I'll, I would like that, an MTV Real World crossover. <laughs> oh, like yeah. Like Puck and Skeletor are, are teaming up. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Unless they're exactly our age. <laughs> Puck, all Puck, day, He's baby. the villain, and he's the villain you love to hate. It's not the first time that there was a Real Earth connection to the show. In fact, there's one that runs deep into the mythology of the show. But the way that it, they, the kids keep passing hands between He-Man and friends and then Skeletor and Hordak, She-Ra's main bad guy, are all here. It feels like at the end of it, 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 it starts to feel like a metaphor for children of a divorced or estranged family. During the holidays. Yeah, during the holidays, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, well, I'm going to have him. No, we need him over here this time. No, we need him over here this time. And at the end, I felt like they should have all just said, whoa, 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 we've lost sight. Where do the kids want to go? Ooh, and yeah. I think we'll we'll come to discuss it. I think they would have chosen Skeletor if they're smart. Most definitely. Yeah. He's the most fun. Most fun. Yeah. He's the most fun uncle. Uh-huh. <laughs> With the checkered past. He wins the most. <laughs> his, his presence quite checkered, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so when we start off the episode, it is nearing Adam and Adora's birthday. Mm-hmm. They're twins. They share a birthday. The king and queen 
they're looking out at their courtroom, which they're all everybody's come together to decorate the place and sweep and sweep. A lot yeah. of sweeping. Someone's sweeping with a character. They're <laughs> using a living broom to sweep. This is the crazy. That's just the tip of the iceberg of what they're looking at. Uh-huh. Like all of their their kids, crazy friends and their friends are there. Like, I imagine this is a situation where it's like when we said you could invite all your friends to the birthday party. We didn't know that you were friends with every fucking beast man and moss monster and talking broom that there was, like maybe limited to 30 apiece. And are you really friends with each one of these people? Or are you maybe you just pass them on a regular basis right. in the hallway? Yeah. Queen Marlena, who is the mother of the twins. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a thing going on here. Yeah. She, she mentions to her king how these birthday celebration preparations remind her of celebrating Christmas. For starters... That posits Adam and Adora very close. That, that puts them very close to being Christ figures. Yes. Which they kind of are in Tuzmasism, I would say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, they were born to protect and to save. They're uh-huh. our saviors. Yes. And I think Queen Marlena likes that idea. It's like, oh, I gave birth to the messiahs of Eternia and Etheria. That's a cool <laughs> idea. Yeah. This reminds me of Christmas. Doesn't it remind you? But she knows Christmas. Her king doesn't because Christmas doesn't exist here. She knows it because she's from Earth. Yes. We missed this episode. We will go back and watch it at some point, I hope. Yeah. But to. to let you know, Queen Marlena is from Earth as we know it, I think in 1980 something. She is a NASA astro former NASA astronaut, now royal family member. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite a change. I don't know of any other astronauts who have gone on to join the royal family. Big switch up. But after Meghan Markle, I mean, maybe yeah. maybe she's opening it up, you know, actor and then <laughs> yeah, astronaut. Right. Her name, this is strange, very strange to me. Her name was Marlena Anatrova because she was actually from Russia. Her family was and they escaped America in the 1980s. I've seen that show. It's called The Americans. Yeah. You don't make them an astronaut. <laughs> but they fled Russia Took the last name Glenn, uh-huh. which is that not a famous astronaut? Yes, it is. Okay, yep. there you go. So yep. not even inventive. Mm-hmm. And then she was so good, an astro astronauticist, that they put her on this experimental trip to the stars that she got somehow knocked off course, Planet of the Apes style, and landed on Eternia. Eternia. Yeah. Yeah. For eternity. That is where that all that comes from. That's deep, man. That's we crazy. Yeah. Well, for starters, that makes <laughs> He-Man and Adora like half human. I don't know how human biology works in Eternia, but like you know, they're half from our world. Yeah. A couple of cool, cool cats here. <laughs> For me, that pours more into the cup of the idea of them as like pseudo messiah figures. Yeah. They don't really play it out in this a whole lot. But this idea that they are from a mother who is miraculously here from another land and stuff like that, it just feels mythic and and biblical. Mm-hmm. Mythic and biblic. <laughs> biblic. Biblical. Biblic. And it reminded me of something that I read. In the Chronicles of Darnia, okay. a long, long time ago that stuck with me in it, Aslan the lion, who is a Christ stand in, he basically, mm-hmm. which I did not recognize as a kid because I was so secular. I had no idea these were anything but fantasy books. Right. Yeah. Until I mean, and only here in this quote, did I even get an inkling of what they were on about. Mm-hmm. Aslan says in the voyage of the Dawn Treader, in your world, I have another name. You must learn to know me by it. That was the very reason you were brought to Narnia. That by knowing me here for a little, you may know me better there. Saying, I'm Jesus as an as a lion here, which is fucking cool. Yeah. The idea that he ha- he's present in all these places. Right. These different realms. Mm-hmm. Eternia, Etheria, Prince Adam, 
Princess Adora, He-Man, She-Ra, Messiah. Connect the dots. Nailed it. People. <laughs> Just put them on a fucking wall and, and get out the, the yarn to put them together. You, you'll, it'll make sense. I promise. I promise it'll make sense. You're like, and I haven't slept for two days. <laughs> it's been keeping me up at night thinking about the conspiracy that Marlena had with the Russians to come to this planet and propagate superior species. It's madness. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there might be a conspiracy going on because an unrelated one, perhaps. Okay. Or maybe I just haven't connected the dots yet. Mm-hmm. You ran out of yarn. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me step out to Joanne's crafts and, <laughs> and get some more. We also find in the midst of these festivities or the preparing for them that man at arms, the uh, dildo headed <laughs> army man that yes. is in charge of technology. For some reason. He's wearing he's wearing a metal dildo helmet, guys, and it's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, he's hanging with Prince Adam, i.e. He-Man, <laughs> because he's building a spy satellite. Yes. Now, this is a world where sci-fi stuff exists, uh-huh. I mean, in the most magical of ways, just like <laughs> I have a laser gun and it works because I pointed it at you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, and he says it's to keep tabs on Skeletor. But is Skeletor like Osama bin Laden to them? What do they think they're going to catch him doing? Like putting on a stand-up show for the evil guys or something? Right. And I also feel like there's like probably a crystal ball somewhere nearby where a spy satellite is not needed. No, we have seen into other areas before on this show. Every three times a sode. Every many (laughs) a sode. Many people have this power. So I, I, this is such a weird thing. And it's like there was a, I don't know, an attorney and Patriot Act that Mm -hmm had been passed recently he's like finally gonna get my eye in the sky here we go <laughs> and don't they call it the sky spy yeah okay sky spy, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like a satellite it looks uh-huh. like I- either a fighter jet or a rocket because it even has a cockpit that you can fly in and that is exactly what happens to orco the bumbling <sighs> good man magic idiot <sighs> this guy mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's good natured he has good intentions. Yes. As we have posited before, seems like he did somebody a favor sometime, and now he's being kept around despite many screw-ups uh-huh. pretty much every episode. <laughs> uh, he gets into the the Sky Spy just to play. Like, you know, I'm shooting. Like he doesn't fly all the time. He can do any of this shit. There's, they're in vehicles all the time. That's all this thing is, is play sets and vehicles. His feet never touch the ground. No. But he gets in there to do that and somehow sets the thing off and it blows off into the sky. Uh-huh. They immediately start trying to get the thing back. It's disappeared out of the planet, like completely <laughs> out of the realm. I am surprised at how quickly they try to get him back. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a situation. They know he caused this. This yeah. is not this was not meant to launch this day. I feel like this is one of those situations like if your kid gets picked up for underage drinking uh-huh. and they're in jail. You let them cool out for like a couple days in jail. Just let them. They're going to be fine. <laughs> a couple weeks. You just, a couple weeks couple later and then years, go get them. Then you get them a lawyer. <laughs> no, you just let them cool out a little bit so you don't just run to their rescue right away. Right. Maybe to teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, part of why he keeps fucking up and doesn't improve his magic game. No one's putting their attorney and foot down. Black O boundaries. And that's why this show is no longer on the air. That was the main reason it was canceled, was a lack of boundaries <laughs> and a lack of healthy attitudes, despite right. all the morals that they tried to <laughs> shove down, down our throats. Right. Orko says he, he's a magician uh-huh. uh, of diminishing returns. He's a street magician. He's he's a David Blaine. Yes. I don't know. David Blaine's more <laughs> successful than Orko, I think, because Orko accidentally does something correct a few times. Right. 
In this case, he says, as a spell, take me somewhere safe. And I think this actually works, because if you think about it, taking the satellite to Earth, our Earth, which is where it takes him, is taking him somewhere safer than the eternal war zone that is Eternia or Etheria. (laughs) These are places that don't seem safe. There's beast men and monsters and robots. Every day's battle. Yes. So, and that might be fun, not safe. (laughs) And I think Magic knew that. And Mm so, zoomed him on over. To Earth, to the edge of a cliff, and no, I'm yeah, well, I got him <laughs> right? damn close because he's—he's, I don't know where in, in the Rockies or something, uh-huh. but he's out where the snow is, and he's out by the mountains. That's where he first encounters the two Earth children, Miguel and Alicia. Yep, hauling a hauling a Douglas fir. They're getting a tree. They themselves are getting a tree. Children shouldn't do. There's, we're gonna come back to their parents in a bit, but their parents are criminally not present in right. their lives. It seems yeah. like. Orko saves them from an avalanche, and his, his magic does work, and he brings them back to the satellite to, I, I I don't know why, because, I mean, he's being nice, and they're, they're very accepting of this floating, faceless man. Uh-huh. Uh, I, he is cute, so. There, but, yeah, but there's no shrieks. <laughs> no, there should be a first, oh, whoa, hey, <laughs> sorry, didn't mean to freak out, just, you're a troll man. P- parents said no strangers and no whatever you are. Yeah, absolutely not. I would, he, I would put Orko's <laughs> as a wanted poster up on the wall and yes. say wanted for not, shouldn't be near children. Uh-huh. He brings them back. I just assume they go along with him and do what he says, quietly afraid of him. So they don't die. Yeah, Yeah. they think he's a threat. He brings them back to the satellite, at which point they talk about Christmas. He doesn't know what that is. So they actually give him the Christian story of the birth of Christ off off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do it with a scene change. They do do it. Yeah, Yeah. they do that a few times because they do that there. And the three wise men followed the star until they finally reached Bethlehem. Orko's takeaway from it is like, that's neat. That's pretty cool. Like, he he lives in a myth world. He lives in a world of science fantasy. None of this is crazy. The craziest Bible story would not impress him. And yet, when they say something about angels, you know, like the angels said. That's what the angels said. Angel? Now I'm really getting confused. Like, dude, you hang out with Stratos, a bird man who has wings. He is basically an angel, and he has a whole race of people that you're are with angels. mythological creatures yes. day in and day out every day you're uh. hanging out with a demigod for yeah. god's sake like man go on this is not i mean he does the way he does accept the story is funny though because he's like wow that's pretty neat like if you told me about how your car broke down but you fixed it on the way over it's uh-huh. like yeah well that's not too crazy yeah whatever <laughs> nice i'm glad you're here anyway let's go they also explain to orko about santa claus yeah and that really gets him going because he loves presents. Boy, does that come boy, back. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy, does that come back a bunch. Uh, Orca likes the idea of presents, and I, I certainly do, too. We, uh, Travis, yeah. we have presents in this room right now. Oh, yeah, we do. Yes, for each other to be opened for Toonsmiths. But we're going to... Uh, oh, we're going to... Well, no, I mean, can I just peel it? No, no, no I can't no, no, shake it? No. Okay. We are going to exercise some restraint. <sighs> okay. Don't open these presents! Will? Yeah. Merry Toonsmiths, by the way. Merry Missed to yes. mm-hmm. Now back on Eternia, they are trying to get, I, I got to say, I figure they really want the satellite back more than they want Orko back because <laughs> it's probably expensive. A lot of hours put into making the thing. I mean, Orko's going to find his way back at the end of the day. <sighs> yeah. And he may not bring the satellite. Oops, I lost it. <laughs> and so you just got to hope that you can get them both back at the same time. <laughs> they go into this whole thing about uh, a crystal that only is underwater and she mermaid friend is going to help them find it. Uh-huh. I mean, Sure. Whatever, like that's fine. It, it's just a there's just a, a series of quests of things we don't have yet that we need to get, and then 
the kids take the place of the things. Yeah. Eventually, it's like, well, the kids, we need the kids. We got to find them. The only thing that killed me was revisiting areas. Yeah. That was like, oh, come on. Do we, can we, could, we could make up a new area where we met at? No. <laughs> not, not if the budget's going to stay in the black or the red, whichever is good, the black. Yeah. Yes. Should be in the green. Right. <laughs> it's You're good right. in golf and You're it's right. good in money. They are, so Shira. <laughs> For starters, Shira and He-Man have secret identities. You know, they are Princess Adora and Prince Adam. Basically, that's their Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who knows who they are at this point. And it seems like everybody who is present should know who they are. But they keep doing these cute little things like, well, maybe I'll ask He-Man about that one. And with Shira, it's, oh, I know somebody, uh, Mermaidia or Mermista. That's it, Mermista. <laughs> the mermaid friend that Shira has would know about that. If it's in the water, Mermista would know about it. But can you have She-Ra contact her? I think that can be arranged. Fucking cut the shit, guys. <laughs> this is cute. Yeah. To a point. But we all, like, everyone there just must be rolling their eyes saying, yeah, see if you can get in contact with her. Go to look in the mirror. It's probably un- unwritten law. You might get persecuted if you, you drop that. You Maybe know? so. Maybe- <laughs> We're giving the royals what they want. It's yeah. one of those things, like, <laughs> when I was in Thailand recently, I didn't realize, luckily, I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm a joker. I'll, I'll, I'll go after a bunch of things in the room. I'll Real just, jokester. Yeah. Well, there are a bunch of like images of their king up and I didn't make a joke about him because I thought that would be just rude. Yeah. However, it's also <laughs> illegal to badmouth the king in any way and mm-hmm. you can be jailed or at least fined for that. Cane so, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something. Oh, there's some bad shit. Like, so that, and I forget what those laws, are, that type of law is called, but I believe they have it here uh-huh. in Eternia, and I think you're right. Yes, ask, ask She-Ra if you see her. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Are you friends with She-Ra? <laughs> Do you know her? When She-Ra goes to visit her friend Mermista, who has a French accent. I want. We got to watch more She-Ra, because there's cr- crazy things happening on that show. It get, it seems it, like. They throw everything It's just fantasy it. <laughs> on fantasy on fantasy. She visits Mermista about, where can I find this underwater crystal? And Mermista tells her, well, I know where it is, but it's being guarded by a certain kind of creature. That's dangerous. They say the name of the creature many times. <laughs> many, 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 many times. times. It is a lazy name uh-huh. that they have given this creature. It lies in a deep pool near the old ruins and is guarded by the beast monster. The beast monster is real? The beast monster. The beast monster. The beast monster. It's basically like a long-necked Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh-huh. You know, somebody cut off a brontosaurus neck and put it onto a T-Rex. It's an eel. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, an eel, yeah. yeah. Uh, it lasts all of two seconds, so I guess it only deserves a, a name like Beast Monster. Uh-huh. It's like you're trying, you're searching for words to describe the uh-huh. thing. It's a, a beast creature, kind of an animal monster, you know? Like, just so fucking late. And that's feels like a placeholder name. Yeah. That they just did not go back and change because you got to crank this shit out. 15 days and counting. Yeah. 15 Guys, days and counting. I promised our shareholders we would put out a, a special this year with our two biggest earners. <laughs> We're doing this shit, okay? Beast Monster it is. They do get the crystal that allows them to, for whatever reason, bring Orko and the satellite and everything inside the satellite, including the two Earth children, yeah. to Eternia. Mm-hmm. Kids barely notice the difference. Yeah. They're just more worried about whether they can get home in time to have Christmas. Yeah. And when Queen Marlena, and she's seeing another opportunity to combine her kid's birthday with Christmas uh-huh. so she can be merry, I guess. She says, hey, we can do Christmas here. It'll be awesome. You might not get back home in time, but guess what? Christmas in Eternia. And I would go to that. 
Yeah, oh, I for would, sure. I would want it. I said to you earlier, yeah. I would love to go to like Six Flags, Holiday in the Park, but Eternia themed. Oh, yeah. Man, just people walking around with huge He-Man, like plush heads and everything. It'd be great. Just 30-year-olds in line to take pictures with yes, <laughs> yeah. every star. The oldest crew that they've ever <laughs> gotten. The kids are going to be hanging out in Eternia for a little while while they figure out, I guess, how to send them back. Don't know how hard they're working on that because they got a birthday to plan for. Yep. So the kids end up spending a lot of time with Eternians and Ethereans, including this guy, Bo, who is from Shiraz crew. And he plays the lyre, which seems like a, a rude thing to call an instrument, uh-huh. to ac- accuse an instrument of lying immediately. But he has written a new s- Christmas song. This is actually a song written by... Erica Scheimer, Lou Scheimer's daughter, who has played many characters. We've heard her voice thousands of times (laughs) probably at this point. Like if there's a female voice that's not a main cast member on a show, she's probably playing it. Uh She actually wrote it. I don't know the title of it. Uh, Maybe we should listen to it and figure out what we think the title should be. (laughs) It's 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 interesting. Now that's the Christmas spirit. You tell him, Miguel. I'm going with Christmas heart. Christmas. Uh, what do you got? What did they say? A season of the heart. Uh-huh. That's what I'm going to call okay. it. The season of the heart. <laughs> what a or a time of the heart. Just what a bad. I mean, the whole thing is subpar. Uh, but I yeah. I appreciate the earnestness of this and the whole cartoon. They are really trying to push the idea of like Christmas time, regardless of what you believe or whatever. The whole idea is about togetherness and love and support. But that lyric, Christmas is a time of the heart. It's like they didn't even try to fit the meter. Listen, I, I just appreciate her writing that while she was cleaning the other bathroom <laughs> or the break room. I like it. She also directed for them as well. So, I mean, maybe she was directing Lou. It was just like they were switching off directing and VOing the stuff. Yeah. Mm. Horde Prime, who is Hordak's boss. Yeah. Hordak is Shiraz's major bad guy. Uh-huh. Him and Skeletor get called into Horde Prime's office. Office basically. <laughs> and he says, "Bring, you know, bring me these kids. They represent Christmas too hard." Yeah. <laughs> it's they're repping. They're too good. good. Yeah, they're repping too hard. They're yeah. too proud. They're too good. The spirit, you know, threatens me in some way. For starters, Hordak always answers to this guy. This is his boss. Yeah. This is his GM. Mm-hmm. And Skeletor doesn't. He does his own thing. We covered in the first time that we covered She-Ra. Hordak is middle management at what seems like a giant company. They were both in the Horde. And Skeletor was second in command. I feel like at one point, there was the opportunity to move up. And Skeletor felt he deserved it. And he was overlooked. Skeletor <laughs> like broke off, started his own startup. Yeah. He wants to be at the top because he feels like he never got what he deserved. When these guys start going after each other, it's like corporate warfare. So Skeletor, it doesn't work for anybody. Right. He works for Skeletor. He's an entrepreneur. It's like you t- me taking you into my office and having my boss yell at you. It just yeah. makes no sense. Unless your boss is hiring me as a free agent. Yeah. And he's hiring me to put pressure on you to perform better. 
Oh, gee, yeah. That's what I'm thinking is happening here. <laughs> right. Look, Hordak is an underperformer. He's an underachiever. I know he has more that he can offer me. I need some young buck, like a Skeletor, uh-huh. to come in and be competitive with him. So I think that might be what's happening here. Skeletor's whole point of being there is just like, I'm going to get paid. Yeah. Because <laughs> Skeletor's about making that money. That money and domination. Just having a good time, too. Yeah. He's all about having a good laugh. <laughs> Hordak and Skeletor are immediately uh, at each other's throats, but they don't work together in this one. They are working absolutely against each other. I will eliminate this this Christmas spirit before another day is passed. You, you can't even handle that muscle-bound female She-Ra. Just a minute. What about the way He-Man handles you, Bone Brain? Bone Brain? Why, you miserable excuse for a villain. They're trying to go find and kidnap these kids. Eventually, they're successful, and we start the long chain of command when it comes to these kids are getting thrown around like hot potatoes. Yes. It is a ton of changing hands. Let's go to this dimension. Let's go over here. Let's this. go to Ethereum. Let's go to this this blown out area. Just <laughs> tons of, like, it, it doesn't matter what's Let's happening. Let's revisit. We said that there are new characters. They could not rest on the laurels just to have 60 plus characters they already <laughs> created. We've got monstroids on one side. Yep. And we've got manchines on the other side. Uh-huh. The monstroids commandeer the children from Hordak. <laughs> I don't know why, because apparently they're supposed to be working for Hordak. Yeah. But in this, hey, whatever you need to happen to yeah. make this dramatic for a second. <laughs> so these these are gigantic robots. They capture the kids and they end up putting uh, She-Ra in a bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like, like robots are want to do yeah <laughs> they they speak very robotishly <laughs> and everything but there is something that shira says actually it's uh her her buddy the winged horse yeah swift wind hasbro owners of transformers they have a slander suit uh-huh. on their hands if they want it yeah they say these these robots which don't transform they do change a little bit yeah one of them changes into a tank but two of them basically it's not so much transforming as just adjusting their posture move adjusters. their arms <laughs> yeah adjusters <laughs> he looks up at them and says they're changing into other forms what evil robots very evil and very dangerous <laughs> <laughs> But they're copying, they're copying the Transformers, but they're also calling them evil robots. Yeah. I don't, man. It's so I figured for sure all of these, like there are five or six of them that do slightly different things. There have to have all been toys at some point. Right. Well, there is a monstroid toy in the He-Man canon. Now, a raging terror grabs hold of the universe. Monstroid. When Monstroid gets wound up, it grabs, it lurches, it spins. And thrashes because just like Hordak, it's bad. Monstroid. New from the Masters of the Universe. You put it together, action figures sold separately from Mattel. It's a grabber. I love it. <laughs> and in case you weren't aware, uh, parents and children, he's bad. Uh. We got to make sure we spell this out for you. He's a spider, a dark colored spider robot. <laughs> Crab robot man. We know he's bad. I, I occasionally it's hard to tell with the He-Man toys with the figures figures themselves. Uh-huh. But yeah. He's bad like Hordak. He's monstroid. He's he's evil, much like the other evil characters on the show. <laughs> on the other side of that, they're natural enemies. I would say they're natural prey. It has to be their natural prey. Uh are the manchines. Yes. 
which are not, I can't even, you can't call them man machines. They're tiny, they're basically Smurfs with cybernetic implants. My name's Cutter. What's yours? We're the Manchines. The Monstroids are our enemies. Come on, let's get you out of there. They show up to help the kids at some point, but they're like, we all know, oh, you're the enemies of the Monstroids. You gotta laugh when you say that to them. Like, oh, you you think you're the enemies of the, they're not, are, are ants our enemies? Is that how we think of it? I mean, they are sometimes that they're on you. It's like, I don't think of them that way. Mr. Mansheen, how, how many of y'all get eaten yeah, a week? Yeah, exactly. They're so tiny and they, uh, guess what? No toys of these guys. Uh. No toys. I was hoping there were. I would buy one, but no toys. They're just little blue balls of useless wheels. The last uh, 10 minutes yeah. of the show, that's where things heat up. Because not only do we get to spend uh, or, or, or cool down or cool down as well. Sure. Any any temperature uh, <laughs> metaphor you want to use. Well, because they are out in the snow. Yes. You're right. You're yeah. Right. This is where Skeletor one. We just get to spend a lot of time with Skeletor. He is put into an uncomfortable situation for him because he has uh, re kidnapped the children. Yeah. He he is <laughs> reclaimed the children from Hordak and the man monstroids and God knows where who had him last. I'm not concerned. <laughs> He's got him, and he's going to take him to Horde Prime so he can get paid. Yeah. They crash land in the snow in the mountains somewhere, and he is in charge of two kids and a manchine puppy named Relay, who I did find very cute. Oh, yeah. You put animals in there, it's hard for me not uh-huh. to feel bad. Yep. But you also get in Skeletor, I think, because this came very near the, like we said, very near the end of the life of the He-Man cartoons. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that this is the end of... Skeletor's character arc. Oh, yeah. Because what this is a trope. This is a trope where somebody who's irresponsible and lives life selfishly and all these things and and balks, runs the opposite direction of any real responsibility, especially that connected to children, mm-hmm. ends up taking care of children. Uh, is it like Uncle Buck? Did this happen in Uncle Buck? Yes. Basically? Okay. Yep. Uncle Buck. He has to yep. take over in trying to get these kids to go with him to Horde Prime so he can turn them in to, I assume, be destroyed. Uh-huh. And terminated. Um, he ends up <laughs> finding the spirit of Christmas and coming to care for the children, mm. uh, despite his many his many protests, which are all I love it. Thank you, Mr. Skeletor. You are very kind. Kind? Never use that word around me. It was nice of you to say relay, Mr. Skeletor. I am not nice. He sounds like me at age 13, where it's like, oh, you're cute. I'm not cute. I'm, I'm tough and complicated. Like, that's his reaction to every time. They're like, you're so nice because they I'm say brooding. They're... Exactly. He He's trying to keep up this this front. It's just not going to work. Because Skeletor. facade, baby. He's a comedian. He is. He is a comedian. And you. he wants to. He's a clown. And he wants to entertain the kids. Mm-hmm. And they can sense in him that he's a big kid. Yeah. He's a big kid who wants to play with big toys. With a, with a skull face. With a skull face. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Stop that! Do you want me to hold him? Uh, no, uh, no, no. We'll go faster if uh, if I carry him. He ends up asking about Christmas. Hey, tell me about this Christmas. Yeah, tell me about Christmas. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. And you give each other presents. And when you open them, they explode, right? <laughs> it is. It is just like a child like trying to write a bad guy where it's like, 
Oh, you mean like it, it, if it's a delicious pie, it must be full of bat meat or something like that. Like he just comes up with this Gifts, shit. Gifts, do they explode? Exactly. I mean, how is this what he, he's playing a character. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is where the facade is finally dropping. Right. Because he does care about these kids. He and Because ultimately, He-Man and She-Ra show up as this Hordak, as this Horde Prime. Everybody comes together. Ethereum, attorney, and standoff, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's it's a, uh, a Mexican standoff. Uh-huh. This is basically a Quentin Tarantino moment. <laughs> Skeletor gets knocked out, but he, he is revived by the licking of a cybernetic puppy. Uh-huh. And he wakes up in time to keep Horde Prime from taking the children. Like, this is what he does with his last ounce of strength to stay uh, conscious, uh-huh. I guess. Yep. He does that, and he's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. But he does it. That is him having fully uh, accepted... I am a human. I am I am a caring being. Yeah. I need to stay this way because he still feels good later. He ends up asking, like, why do I feel so good? I don't uh-huh. like this. But he's fighting it too much. And I think if the series had continued, it should have continued with Skeletor gradually making his way over to He-Man's camp. And growing a face. Slowly. Slowly growing <laughs> this, like, sinew and muscle, cartilage, uh, a nose eventually. So it's just a purple face. What or- if he just grew a nose first? <laughs> That would be awful. That would be horrifying. Skeletor's heart grew three sizes that day. Oh. <laughs> he does. He has a Grinch arc, yeah, basically. Yeah. And so I think he should stay there. And I, he has I think, a dog, too. He's got the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Find somebody more evil to take his place. Someone who's truly, bring a Mumra in. Somebody oh, like this. Someone shit. who would have just evaporated the dog or, or sacrificed the children easily no and enjoyed what, oh, it. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. Skeletor, he's a good guy. Listen, I am not nice. I am not kind. And I am not wonderful. So the kids are saved by Skeletor. And they get sent home finally to their Earth home with two power belts, but or two flying. Well, yeah, belts, with two sorry. flight belts. That's they're given two flying belts, or at least <laughs> that let them hover, uh, to take home to Earth. And I'm sure Marlena, uh, who's from Earth, knows that maybe that's not the best thing to give to the one to give to kids, two to give to them to take back to Earth. Yeah, because I mean uh, they're going to get hunted down by the government immediately. For and, sure, Area 51 all yeah, day. They're going to live there. Yeah, they'll, they'll be in the in the kindergarten <laughs> segment, quarantined for their whole life. Absolutely. Instead, they get sent home with flight belts to their parents, mm-hmm. who are <laughs> there is a just a criminal lack of concern over where they've been, uh, taking them at all seriously. Because yep. they try to, I mean, I know what they're saying sounds crazy, but they've been missing for a few days, and they were in the Alps or whatever when they, you last <laughs> knew where they were, if you even knew. In the tree so, for like, fam. I, I guess they don't even care that much. The de- <laughs> Up until this point, the idea that Miguel is this kid's name doesn't make much sense. No. He doesn't seem to be Hispanic. or no. Now, that you could name him whatever you want, but uh, you finally see the dad. He looks like... They made up for it. The live-action <laughs> Mario from the Super Mario Brothers Super Hour or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lou Albano, who was the wrestler that uh-huh. played him, he's just that in, in, a, in a Christmas sweater. Right. And they sound like they're reading a script on what parents should say to their kids, but with none of the heart behind it. Oh, thank heavens you're back. We were so worried. It was great. We went to another planet and... Oh, Miguel, (laughs) don't make up stories. Tomorrow you can tell us where you really were. We're just glad to have you home safe. But we did go to another planet, Mom. Santa Claus gave us these flying bells. Now, 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 Alicia, I don't know where you got those, those things, whatever they are, but it is bedtime. It seems that bedtime is heavily enforced yeah. in this household. 
Like it is like, nope. Can't listen to where you've been at all right now. Not even where you, I think you've actually been. Shut up and go to sleep. It's time to sleep. <laughs> Papa's got to work in the morning. You got you to go to sleep. It's right now. So This is what they come home to. And then the parents do see them flying around and everything. Who? Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, I, if I was them, I would have not wanted to go home. No. To, to Earth. Mm-mm. Even if it had been a good home. I think I would have wanted to stay on Eternia. But maybe if they just wish on that belt, maybe they go back to Eternia. I don't know. We'll never find I mean, out. That doesn't seem like a, a flight belt <laughs> feature to me, but I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? On today's episode. On today's episode is the segment of the show where we take a look inside. Uh-huh. Soul inside dive. ourselves. Yeah, we soul dive. We, we take a, a deep soul dive into ourselves, into each other. We stare each other in the eye and say, hey, you, what was the moral that you learned from this cartoon? Yeah. And He-Man pretty much is the inspiration for this uh, because they always have on today's episode and then they tell us a moral, whether it's at all related yeah. to the events of the episode or not. Whether it's don't kick a soccer ball in the street or whatever. This episode is no different. It has its own uh, explicit moral. It should come with an explicit morals sticker on the outside of the CD cover. Not everyone celebrates Christmas, but the spirit of the Christmas season is within us all. It's a season of love and joy and caring. And presents. (laughs) Presents are nice, Orko, but Christmas means much more than that. I know, Adam. Christmas is a time of peace and caring and happiness. And what would make you happiest this Christmas? Presents. Oh, Orko. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. He's learned nothing. Nothing he, at he, all. He, he caused so much trouble. He put these children's lives in danger. He made everybody worry and have to do all this shit. It's that, just like that night he caught the palace on fire. I, I yeah, he <laughs> That night he did. There's not a day that goes by without incident. <laughs> they have one of those things up on the wall that says however many days since Orko mishandled magic and caused a fucking mess since, and then it's just since injury and death it has and been zero forever it's oh. been on zero forever <laughs> well travis this is on on this toonsmith's day yep can you tell me what moral you learned from the he-man and she-ra christmas special well will well I'll, I'll put it to you like this man <clears throat> what i took away from this is listen whether you're in a rat race for global universal domination or maybe you're just pulling a double shift out of the factory Hell, you know what? You might even be barricaded in front of your home office computer just being a plain old workaholic, you know? But just power down, man. Spend some time with your family for the holidays, creating those lifelong memories that everyone will remember. Plus, hell, man, if you're real good, dude, you can even work through your emails on your phone by just telling your fam that you're doing some last-minute shopping. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Merry Toonsmas, Will. Merry, Merry Toonsmas to you. I, I, uh, Man, how could I argue with that? You can't. I can, though. Oh, uh, okay. What do you got? Well... I feel like you didn't dig into, and I, I'm sorry, I don't usually criticize what you take away because it is, you know, it's a personal thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I really feel like you missed the mark on this one. Uh, I to, think I hit it with the fam. Well, they were pretty explicit in this episode with what the moral of the story was. Okay. And there's really only one reading that could be accepted as correct. Um, what's that? Presents. Oh. Presents are the most <laughs> important part. Of any holiday. Every holiday should be full of them. Period. And this is the presence holiday. So 
with that in mind, Travis. Let's let the presents take a present. Let's open our Toonsmith presents that we've gotten for each other this year. Let's take a picture of them first. Okay. So to document it, we'll put it up on the Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then we'll commence to opening. All right. And there you go, buddy. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you for being a present receiver. <laughs> Dude, I'm the best present receiver. You, uh, well, you're about to be dethroned on that one. <laughs> oh, you think so? Yeah, just wait till I take some <laughs> some presents here. All right, I think you should go first with one of them. Okay. Yeah, right. you got two in front of you. I've got one. You got one, but hey, but the you other told me one, there's yeah. another one in the car. It sounds like a way to kidnap me. <laughs> hey, yeah, just come to my trunk real yeah, fast, I've and been I'll show you about you. I, this is I think this was on a moral of <laughs> He-Man one time. Let's see here. Oh, shit, <laughs> brother. Ooh, it's the worst tune we ever covered. <laughs> but our favorite character. Our favorite. From the worst tune we ever covered. You're the fucking best, man. We got Saddle Sore, man. 100% bad bug from the Cowboys. Mesa. Man. Our favorite, our favorite voice, our favorite character, the Scorpion bad guy. Dude, there this he is, is going right up front and center, Hell man. Yeah. In the box. That's great, man. Thanks, Will. Welcome, hey, Mary Toonsmith. Mary Toonsmith to you. And Will, uh, yeah. open open your part one before you get kidnapped. Got there. it. <laughs> your last present before you're <laughs> taken away from everything you love. Nespresso boom. Yes, sir. Yeah, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So in my car, you have an espresso machine. What? Yes, sir. You animal. I am. Bro, that is like the best coffee ever. I know you and me, you and me go, we go back in the day with coffee. Yeah, we, we love our coffee. We always need it to We love these. getting the high from the coffee. Well, guess what? That is the ultimate, oh, dude. the high. Thank you, Travis. You're welcome, You buddy. are a very sweet man. I love yes, you. Yes, sir. Yes, That's sir. very, very kind of you. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. You're welcome, Lovely. man. Yeah. Co- coffee all Oh, man, day. I've got all sorts of options now. I've got Keurig. <laughs> I've got cold brew. I've got an espresso. One will just have you going. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, man. Thank Mary you Toonsmith. so much. Mary Toonsmith to you. All right. Last. Now you have your lastie. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> our Boot, second favorite. Our second favorite. Boot Hill Buzzard, man. From Cowboys. Uh, Mesa. Mesa. Man. That's, Both in the box. That's golden, brother. Yep. I fucking love it. They're dude. the best thing about the worst thing. And we'll, we'll go back to Cowboys and Mumesa 49 more <laughs> Plenty times. Plenty of times. Yeah, now that we got them in the room, how do we not? Mary, Mary, Mary Toonsmiths. <laughs> to all <laughs> to all of you who joined us today we are we're so grateful for any of you who listen for uh, each other yeah for tunes mm-hmm. and tunes mess yeah, and we're still looking for more people to kind of join us and convert with us but it, we would in like, due time in i due would time. like for there to be less empty seats yeah. uh, in the church when we rent <laughs> some time in, in, the, in the elementary school uh, auditorium <laughs> yes slash cafeteria hey, nice just have one more person like hold the book for me or something yeah, like that yeah Thank you, guys. I hope you all are having a great holiday. We certainly are. Mm -hmm. Give us one present this year by going to Apple Podcasts, rating us five stars, and leaving a review for us. Please. That's all we ask. Please. That's all we ask for. 
Hey, and also be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at DP Tooncast. And also check out our YouTube music video, Will. What yeah. do we do? What do we do there? Well, what we did is we wrote, produced, and performed a parody mashup of the X-Men 1992 animated series theme yep. with Sir Mixalot's Baby, Baby Got, Got Back. You can find it on YouTube by searching for Days Past Tooncast or just follow the link in the show notes. Yeah. We've got one more episode before the season yep. is wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And we will be back Yeah. after that. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the next episode. But just to let you guys know, show up next time. You're hearing us for the last time for a couple, probably a couple months. Ooh, so enjoy it. It will be a holiday episode because next week it's going to be a new year. And if you're a fan of the Days Past Tooncast, you know that this this is an old tradition now. Yeah, you know what time it is. For the third year in a row, we will be visiting Jim and the Holograms mm-hmm. for New Year's. Yeah, baby. Please be back for that. It's going to be a jam. Nuts. <laughs> it's going to be just, a jam nuts. Just nuts. It's going to be a jam nuts. Come on back for that. Merry Toonsmiths to all and to all a Merry Toonsmiths. Travis. <laughs> Merry Toonsmiths. Tudor. Tudor, my tutor. Got you at last, you troublesome tots. 45 minutes, so uh, I'm sure we'll fuck around. I'll treat you like a clown does a balloon trying to make balloon animals. Richard, <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than you. I'm clearly older than you. I have both a mustache and an old man voice. Matt at arms, I ever tell you look like a dildo? No. <laughs> but tell me again. <laughs> oh, all of them can get it, especially Bo. Oh, yeah. And he is gay as a French horn. <laughs> Slime flows in Detroit. That's a news article. Cancer-causing green slime was found oozing into a highway in Detroit suburb, officials say. <laughs> what? That's insane. What? How is that? Sorry. He-Man. We're in He-Man. Yeah. Not Ghostbusters. <laughs>